Okay. And now we get to my favorite part of the show, which is the movie review portion. And it's going to be the final portion of our show this week. We are reviewing, as I said, an Academy Award Best Picture nominee called Minari, Minari. directed by Lee Isaac Chung, starring Stephen Yun. Um, Kirk, why don't you synopse it for us? It is your week for doing it so, is, after all. It is my week. It is my week. So this is all about a family. Um, we don't get a last name for the family, I don't believe. The Yi um, family. Sorry, it's the Yi family. Is it the Yi? Oh, yes. thank you. Yes, we do get that. They say that actually probably Only because, um, what's his name? Will Patton's like, Mr. Yi, Mr. Yi. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and as a side note, I did finish this movie up until the moment before I signed on to this and I forgot that uh, about <laughs> the, the movie. Um, it's not okay. that this movie is forgettable in any way, shape, or form, but I did forget that little tiny detail. Minari is about a family. It's about a, a Korean uh, descent family. Uh, they are the parents are direct immigrants uh, from Korea. They they flee to the United States because they hate it there. They want to start a life. They want to have uh, a life of freedom and opportunity. And they have uh, stars in their eyes. And we see none of that. That's all exposition. But we, what we do get in this film is that the family, the Yi family, moves to a farm in Arkansas from. California to start this life, to create something, to create uh, a success and a legacy. All right here, your main man, Stephen Young, uh, being the, the patriarch of the family. And what we find is that in their path to uh, success in their path to their dream, there is lots of failure, lots of struggle. And this picture perfect family that we see from the get go uh, from a, an attempted start restart refresh button isn't going to go so well. There are things rooted in our lives that we can't just move locations or try a different strategy. We really have to get to the root of problems. And that's what this movie is all about. Uncovering those uh, things that are hidden. Don't let them uh, create toxicity within you. Minari. Love it. That's a great tease. I'm going to do the reminder thing again, even though it's probably getting annoying for people who listen to this show week after week. We're doing spoiler full reviews. So if you haven't seen Minari and you want to see Minari and you're scared of spoilers, get right now. So Goodbye. come back, come back as always to listen to it after you watch it. But that was a great synopsis, Kirk. This is going to be a fun movie to review. Um, let me just tell you, it's going to be a fun one. Uh, let's dive right in. I want to hear your, your superlatives starting off with the Oscar and who you're giving the Oscar to. And and keep in mind, there are some people in this movie nominated for Oscars and this movie itself is nominated for an Oscar. So I want to, I want to get your take who is getting the Oscar for you, Kirk. So I have to uh, put the caveat on here that all, all of most of the actors in here are of Korean descent and I do not speak Korean. So I apologize in advance for how badly I will say their names. I did, I did look up pronunciations, so I might be able to help you, though I'm okay. at the mercy of the internet. So okay. we'll, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, the internet never lies, so we're in good shape. Right. Um, I'm just going to say the character name first, uh, and then I'm going to refer to this character as that character for the rest of my superlative. I have to say uh, the Oscar goes to Grandma, uh, who yeah. is played by uh, her, I guess her character name is Sunja, and she's played by Yu Jung Yoon. Yep. I think. Yu Jung Yoon. Very good. <clears throat> yes. Dude, 
what a character arc this this grandma comes in uh coming in hot uh from from california she's she's back in california she's she's over or is she in korea that's that that, i wasn't yeah she's she's in korea she flies in from korea and brings all the korean delicacies with her which i love that scene Yes, it's wonderful. It's where she's unpacking all of all of the fruits and vegetables <laughs> and all of the stuff she smuggled into the United States. It's fantastic. This grandma comes in and she is seemingly just a grandma. And we all automatically immediately get from the kids like, you don't seem like a grandma. And I'm like, I don't really get that. Like she's she's kind of cool, you know? And then all of a sudden she starts unraveling. She starts cursing. She's a gambler. She, she teaches the kids how to play cards. She is like throwing her weight around. She's, uh, she's very crass. Um, I just absolutely fell in love with her. And it's not, it wasn't so much like a character trope that we got out of her that, cause you could easily have that. You have the crazy grandma who's senile, who just doesn't care anymore. There's something special about the way that, that this grandma was that this, this actress, uh, Yeo Jung Yoon, Yeo Jung Yoon, uh, took care of this character. She, Man, I, I don't know if it was just uh, she was having so much fun that she just went for it or what kind of study she did to get this in line. We start with that grandma who's also concerned for the success of her family and specifically of her daughter, who she's the mother of. And then she has this stroke out of nowhere uh, about about just over halfway through the film. And we see her demise through the rest of this film. She does not die, but we see her slowly decline from this unexpected stroke, which was also just so creative uh, for the storyline. It would be easy. It's easy to kill off a character in a movie and have the rest of the characters mourn. But how much more difficult and how realistic is it to have someone uh, elderly in your family or any of any age in your family and have to watch them struggle and suffer uh, who had so much joy in their life? Uh, Man, I could go on and on about grandma and Sunja. So good. Wins the Oscar. Yeah, and she is a recent BAFTA winner for this performance. Over the weekend, she took home the BAFTA. Yes. Uh, Well-deserved. Well I mean, such, such a great performance for all the reasons that you said. So um, love that pick. For me, it's our leading man. It's Steven Yun. Uh, this, is a, this is an actor that I have loved since I first saw him on The Walking Dead. Yes. His, his character, Glenn, is was far and away my favorite character in that show brought so much depth and emotion to that show brought brought just a, another level of I, I have there are very few characters I felt as much affection for as I did for Glenn in The Walking Dead I mean just absolutely love that character um and man has he is he all grown up I mean <laughs> this this was a big boy performance and he brought it 100% I mean I've always known that he had this in him from the first time I seen him on screen it was just obvious that this guy has chops galore and and tons of range and he's in this role of of the father and and i think for me as a father of young children myself and as someone who is a dreamer and ambitious this this uh this whole story and the character was played so masterfully and hit home so deeply for me and i just felt like i knew this character from a deeply emotional level. And I mean, from the beginning, it was, it was not, it did not take long before I was in Steven Young's world and he was just doing his thing. Um, it, it was just beautiful. It was a beautiful performance. I thought 
He was incredible, well-deserving of his Oscar nominee. I'm giving him my Oscar here for this uh, performance, and I thought he carried the film in, in a lot of ways, and this movie has tons of really well-developed characters. Uh, his whole family is, but but his story and, and the way that Stephen Yun portrayed it so accurately and, <clears throat> you know, you know, he, this is a foreign language film and he goes back and forth between speaking his native tongue of Korean and also speaking English. And, um, the level of difficulty on this performance is exceptional. He, he captures emotions that are so, you know, unexplainable, so intangible, Mm. but so real. It is insane. There are times where he's having conversations with, uh, the guy who ends up being his farmhand, essentially Will Patton, and he's, you can see the wheels turning in Steven Yun's head of like, should I trust this guy? What is he talking about? What do I say next to make sure that I keep him reined it? Like incredible, incredible work. Uh, can't say enough about Mr. Yun. Well-deserving of the, of the nominee and, and just a great performance overall. So that's my Oscar. Yes. Uh, that is going to be my scene stealer. All Mr. right. Stephen Yun as well. Everything you said, everything you said was spot on. He's got it all. He is just an absolute baller in this role. He, I never imagined after seeing him in the walking dead, uh, become a father because he doesn't become a father on screen. Spoiler alert. That, That killed that show for me, man. I have to say that's what killed it. Brutal, brutal, literally, it literally killed it. Um, but the, the his son lives on in The Walking Dead, uh, for those of you still watching as well. Uh, so it was difficult to, to for me at first. It just only took a moment to see him as a father. And it surprised me, happily surprised me to see him take on this role. I love the dynamics of this this era. So it's set in the, in the Reagan administration, we hear. Yep. And... You know, this is very much still when all families uh, beat their kids uh, when, when they were not good. And Stephen Young kind of fights with this uh, as a father. And he, he, you know, th- there's this like shaming of you go get the stick. You're going to get the stick that you're going to, I'm going to beat you with. And he, at first there's only a, th- a threatening scene of it. And then it gets dropped and then some big stuff happens and he says you go well the big stuff happens that his son david uh pees into a bowl of of what would be like some sort of (laughs) soup and feeds it to his grandmother sunja and and she drinks it and there's this big dramatic like layout scene and uh he ends up not doing it because david outsmarts his own dad and gets a piece of like wheat uh just to hit him with uh so I, i love the nuances there he's like i have to be the father I have to, you know, lead my family as I was led in Korea, my family, my ancestry, my legacy, my tradition. He's he's doing all of that all while maintaining, well, I'm also a man of this time and I'm also going to pave my own way. And so that's that, you know, that dichotomy that he's playing there, too, was also fascinating to watch. So he's got a bright future. He's he's still very young and I can see this is exciting for his first nomination. Uh, I can see him taking home several more, at least nominations and one day a win with performances like this. 100%. I, I love um, what you talked about the him struggling with the fatherhood thing and how to be a good father. It's, and, and this happens with, you know, every gender, every race, every creed, whatever. But, you know, as a young father myself, I can tell you that like, 
there are societal pressures for how you handle your business, you know, as a man and as a dad and, and, and to see him struggling with this, I was like, man, been there, you know, totally, yes. totally been there. And, and it, it was so real. And so that's why it just hits home. But yeah, it's like you, you're constantly battling with who am I, but also what am I supposed to do? And what you're supposed to do is told to you by these external forces that aren't really real. They're just, you know, out there. So man, just, truly beautiful. And I mean that in the truest sense of the word, just a beautiful performance. So a great choice. All right. For my scene stealer, I'm, I'm cheating a, a wee bit. I'm choosing two people. Okay. Nope. And it's, uh, get out. It's our, <laughs> it's our grandma. Yeah. Jung Yoon and our little brother, our, our adorable little brother, Alan Kim. Uh, they, this duo, man, what <laughs> a powerhouse. This, you know, <laughs> young Alan Kim plays David, who is who is the youngest in the family and the only boy. And he gets the news that grandma is coming from Korea. And this is a grandma that he's never met because, you know, he was born in America and she lives in Korea and he's still very young. Well, everyone else in the family has met grandma and young David decides that that is not cool and he wants nothing to do with grandma. And so every scene shared between these two is absolutely electric. It brings so much levity to the film, so much life. It's so well done. And, you know, Kirk, you said all the incredible things about Yoo Jung Yoon's performance as grandma, but their dynamic together for me is what really sets this movie on fire and, and just gives it so much life. And to watch the relationship develop through these hilariously real conversations. I mean, you mentioned the peeing in the um, bowl. I love that grandma's like constantly pounding Mountain Dew, and like they, <laughs> you know, he convinces her that it's good, that it's good for her, and um, it's just awesome. And then all the way to the end, where we get this incredibly touching scene, a heartbreakingly beautiful scene where young David, who, you know, has, he has a hole on his heart. That's part of his whole storyline and, and, and part of what, you know, the mother of the family loses so much sleep over, uh, Monica, uh, is, is that, you know, he is not well. And his grandma, you know, walks off into the darkness, you know, having, you know, lost her mental faculties from her stroke and everything. And he, uh, gallops into a sprint to, to jump in front of her and stop her, you know, the grandma that he didn't want and now is so dear to him, uh, stops her from, from running away and says, no, let's bring you home. I mean, that scene, man, it, that, that, that it's just, I mean, I get goosebumps talking about it. Just a beautiful yeah. scene and, and, and such a incredible punctuation mark on, on a relationship that really flourished into something truly awesome in this movie and and for for young alan kim to be doing what he's doing in this movie man i i cannot say enough about this kid i'm, I'm i mean i'm amazed i'm amazed at what he was able to do so um that that whole relationship makes this movie worth the price of admission and then some on its own so that's my scene stealer one of my absolute favorite lines that he says <laughs> because he's forced to sleep with grandma grandma sleeps on the floor of, of his room which is kind of funny um but he says man grandma smells like korea <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude he's so mean to his grandma throughout this movie it's hilarious that's and that's what's also fantastic about this movie is that they're these kids uh they 
they grew up in Korea as well, at least for just a just a tad bit. Yeah. Uh, before coming over to to America, they are Americanized, but fully immersed in their Korean culture. And so they they go they go uh, even harder on, on which way it's, it's like they're wearing different hats. Like this is my American hat. And here's how I'm going to speak to you. And here's the ideals that I love. And here's my here's my Korean hat, my heritage. And this is the thing that I love about my family and what ties me to it. And that right there is so good. Uh, it, it reminds me of of my daughter because she is very nose sensitive. And she will just tell how it is. She's like, something stinky <laughs> and like she'll just like quiet the room with that and you're just like man i don't know was that me hope uh, it's not me yeah i just got put on front street by the three-year-old <laughs> exactly exactly oh yeah their relationship uh fantastic wonderful choice awesome well let's move into showstopper kirk what was it about this movie that really blew you away easy this is the storytelling uh it's i can't get any more complex than that because there was no the, the story was so complex but so smooth um everywhere you looked there were just these layers on as, as they say in shrek of course uh minari, <laughs> minari is like an onion and <laughs> just like an ogre but this this movie really is just like that but and you you just slowly they, they slowly peel back uh the top layer to reveal something more and then they peel something over on the left and they're like oh look over here and look over to the right and underneath and it's just so well played it's never in your face and it's never hitting you on the head uh it's not that kind of movie and it doesn't need to be but there's so much going on i could probably watch this movie a hundred times and find new connections and new nuances between uh the mise-en-scene between the colors of each of the um, each of the characters, uh, costumes and wardrobe, um, between, uh, even, even down to, um, down to the, the setting, uh, that they're in and where the dialogue is happening. It's so poignant, so well-crafted. This storytelling was so smooth. Uh, I'm, I'm just being repetitive now that it, it's, it's very high on my list. It's very high on my list. I love it. And What's really cool about this is the way that Lee Isaac Chung went about writing this movie is that it is semi-autobiographical um, and not in the sense that the narrative are things that things that happened to him, but there are little pieces of his real childhood sprinkled in this movie that he used as the basis for movie and then drew, like, drew a little narrative line through it and told yep. a story. And <clears throat> when you lay that knowledge on top of it... it you know, and I didn't learn that until after I'd watched the film. I was just blown away. I was just blown away. I mean, the storytelling, to your point, is is absolutely brilliant. So that's a great choice. My showstopper, and I'll, I'll be one hundred percent honest with you. I've been going back and forth on this the whole time because I'm. I had a couple. I actually had three things written down, but I couldn't decide which one to go with. For me, it is how this movie bucks tradition and convention in its storytelling. So um, it challenges your internal biases and thoughts and uses that as a tool to captivate you, um, which I think is absolutely brilliant. So here we see this Korean-American family and everything is flipped on its head, you know, like they're farmers in Arkansas, which is like, a, you know, a texture and an environment you associate with like 
good old down south white bread folk and like mm-hmm. they move from California to Arkansas for their fresh start which is like crazy their dream is a farm you know not the big city like all these ways in which they flip convention and tropes and cliches on their head um and and the fact that it's based on true story it it challenges your convention your your biases and your you know conventional thinking in ways that cannot be undone and you think to yourself oh wow i need to open my mind because this this is the american dream and this is this was somebody's actual american dream and these memories are real and um you know that's what's you know it made me feel oddly patriotic (laughs) i was like this is what this country is supposed to be at its best and um you know, shame on me for, for not thinking of this as the traditional vehicle for that message. Cause it really is everything that America is supposed to be is captured in this film. And, and, and the, the way that Lee Isaac Chung told this story and used that to really draw you in as a viewer is just impeccable. And, and I love it. And for that reason, I mean, and, and many others, this movie is just like, hits you right in the heart and it's just lovely. And it, it is one of those movies that is just so pleasant to watch. I just cannot stress it enough. It's like the movie Brooklyn with uh, Saoirse Ronan it is a movie that I often oh. equate to this where it's just like yes. a warm movie, you know, it just, mm-hmm. and this movie obviously had stress. It had, you know, you know, really intense plot lines and a, and a climax that's just like, whoa. Um, but the warmth, the family themes, the family dynamic, and even though it's not perfect, it, it's it's so familiar and so real. And uh, for that reason, I just, I love it. So that's my showstopper. I love that you said Brooklyn. I thought that exact same thing about halfway through this movie. I'm like, I'm getting Brooklyn vibes. Yeah, you know? man. Like, that's awesome. I love that. I love nice. that. Yeah. Uh, what about director shoes? What What notes would you have for our director, Lee Isaac Chung? Man, not many, not many. This movie flew by. It's uh, just under two hours, just by a few minutes. And uh, the only thing that I would have wished that could have happened, and I don't even know if it's possible, um, I would have given it just like maybe 15 to 20 more minutes of of runtime and given the daughter and Will Patton just a little bit more oomph to their their storylines because they were important. They were both very good and we didn't see a full resolve uh, to, to either of, of them. We got closer with Will Patton, but the daughter did never really got her full uh, her full day in court, um, which that could be speaking to the cultural side uh, of the of the Korean American dynamic. So that's that's also mm-hmm. uh, in the same breath. It, it could be their reasoning, but and it being I, the eighties, yeah. I mean, yeah, for sure. There 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 are probably reasons, but yeah, it's a good point. Right, right, right. So I just wish we had more of both of those characters because we got so much of everyone else and it really would have rounded this out in a nice way for me. Well, I have to say mine is exactly the same. Not not down <laughs> to specifically the characters, but um, not, not down to specifically the characters you named, but there were some characters in this movie. While, while all of them were well-developed, some of them could have been even more developed and it, w- it would have rounded things out exactly as you said. I think it would have added added a little bit more depth and we get so close to what Steven Yun's got going on and, and, you know, even the story of his son and, um, you know, their marriage, you know, him and his wife, but we, there are a couple characters that we get not all the way baked. They were not golden Brown just yet and not ready Mm -hmm. to be pulled out of the oven. So it would have been 
nice to have a little bit more of that. But I mean, we're talking nitpicky. We're, we're talking real nitpicky at that point. It, it's for me, at least it's, it's something that wasn't like, Oh, how dare you? It was just like, ah, we could have done a little bit more of that. So that that's exactly my director's shoes as well. Beautiful. All right. And with that, that brings us to our final thoughts and our scores. Kirk, you have the floor, my friend. This, this is a big one. Um, when I look at the best picture nominations for this year, this stands the test of time. Uh, so looking at the list, we've got The Father, Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, Minari, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, and Sound of Metal uh, as our list. Oh, and The Trial of the Chicago 7. Let's not forget. This movie is going to, I predict, I think it's going to win the Oscar. I'm just mm-hmm, I'm just mm-hmm. throwing it out there, the, and this is uh, we've got one more film, The Father. This, that's the last one we've got to see on our on our list here. Yep. This movie was uh, it's very rare to get this type of storytelling. We talk a lot about um, about uh, character depth and skill of the director and um, attention span. We talk about Act One, Act Two, Act Three, where we get lost, where it gets muddy. This didn't have any of that, and th- that is why my score for this is super high. It is a 9.9 out of 10. I've given that score one other uh, time to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and this thing is gorgeous. Gorgeous in in every tangible feel. You you feel like you're on that farm uh, to the to the the meaning of the of the Minari, how it's how it's a water-based plant, how water is essential to life and their lives on this farm are uh, they have no control over it. You have no control over the water you're going to get. You it goes it comes from your faucet, but it can be easily taken away from you. And how Minari uh, is almost like a weed. So it's beautiful, it's pretty, but it's also a weed. It's messy, but you need it because it's water based. Like everything in this, uh, from top to bottom, was just beautiful. Nine point nine out of ten. Wowzers! That's a big <laughs> score. Big score alert there. I love it. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. The the people are gonna not like the ending of this movie. I, I've been yeah. around the block a few times, and I'll just tell you that some people are gonna have gripes about the ending of this movie. And with all due respect, those people are wrong. <laughs> I mean, I don't like to say things like that because you know, film is interpretive. We talk about it all the time, and, and you guys can have totally different views on movies than us. But all the reasons that you just said about the Minari and what it means and the fact that it's like the thing that the grandma brought, like there are so many layers to why that had to be the end of the movie that it's just like, Oh, what a final punch. And even though it feels abrupt and then you're like, how did we, why are, why is the movie over? It's not. And and it, and it sits with you and sinks in and you're like, dang, <laughs> that's just like, that's all you can say. You're just like, Holy cow. Did that hit hard? Um, so that's a great score, Kirk. I mean, when I look at this, and, you know, I said we were going to talk about, you know, how it stacks up against the competition, which you did. And when I look at this in comparison to our other Best Picture nominees, you look for moments, right? It seems like these movies that win Best Picture have a signature moment. And there is no shortage of those moments in this movie. But for me, the moment is when the barn is burning and, and uh, you know... Stephen Young goes in, his wife Monica chases after him. They're trying to save the produce, but then it, it becomes 
quickly evident that this is a lost cause and, and they need to get out of there. They choose to save each other, even though their marriage was on the rocks earlier in the day. What a scene, what a moment. And all of us can relate to that in one way or the other, even, you know, even though we may not experience those same stakes. Um, what a, what a beautiful encapsulation of family, uh, of what family means, what it means to love and what it means to be married and just like everything. And that's what I love about this movie is that any given scene you could pause, if, like imagine you're teaching a, a, a film class, you could pause and say, okay, what themes are we hitting right here? And you could check off five to 10 different things. It's not just one dimensional or we're following this one through line. There are themes stacked on themes stacked on themes they're all excellently executed. Most of them are followed all the way through to the end, and it's beautiful. And so that's why, for me, this is my best picture. I predict that it will. I predict that it will win, same as you, Kirk. I think it. You know, Nomadland is the favorite right now, but this feels like my Oscar best picture. Um, I think if I was, you know, when we make our picks later next week and we say what will win, what should win, this will be in my what should win for best picture. And even though it may not come out on top. That's what I think the Academy should do, and, and I'm starting to lean towards I think they will do. So I think Minari is best picture, and for me, it's a 9.7 out of 10. I, I love this movie. I have very minor critiques of it, and uh, I think it's I think it's uh, just a beautiful piece of work. Well done to Lee Isaac Chung and team. I think it's yeah. fantastic. And if you haven't seen it, and you're not someone who cares about spoilers, which is why you're still here at this point, um, go check it out. It's It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. I love what you said there about that fight and the fire at the end and how real it was. One of the realest moments about that is they they've had the conversation. They're done. Right. They are going, when they get back home, that is it, you know, in their minds. How often have you been in a fight with your loved one, with your spouse? And then all of a sudden something changes about your environment that you automatically just go back into um, supporting that person your girl hates that farm. She despises it. It's, right. In her mind, it's ruining her family. It's draining all of their resources. And yet when this fire is happening, she goes after her husband, but she helps save the fruit and the vegetables. That's what she helps save because she knows it's important to him because by saving it, it's saving him because he won't stop until it's out of there. Yeah, and so, he has to go back for her. And he has to go back he, for her. He, he loses her in the yes. smoke. It's so perfect. I mean, I can I can tell you countless times where um, I've I've been in a fit of rage and then I hurt myself. <laughs> I hurt myself. I stub my toe, which I do practically every hour, and then I'm in I'm pain and I'm I'm writhing on the floor. And my wife comes up to me and, and just starts rubbing my back, and and it's like I don't deserve this. Like <laughs> that's what that moment reminds me of uh, of just pure um, you know just getting wrapped up in in our in our own. Uh, emotions and in their fight it was obviously much deeper and much more complex than stubbing a toe but the reality of that moment in comparison to this giant disaster that was happening was just really spectacular they just yeah. from from moment to moment we've talked about it before if there could be a best scene uh category this would be nominated for i a think best so scene. man i think so and yeah it's any relationship that's based on trust at some point you decide to push that trust to the limit, whether it's your marriage or, or your relationship with your child or your friend or your cousin or whatever. Like 
at some point, this is why people fight. You know, they, they're, they're mm-hmm. saying, if things got crazy, would you stick with me? And, and right. that's, you know, that scene where they say we're done, you know, that's them saying, I'm, I'm, I'm sticking my feet in the ground. I'm supporting my thing. I'm supporting my thing. But then when push comes to shove and the stakes are real, they know that they're there for each other. They push, they push their test, their trust to the ultimate test and it, it prevails. Right. And man, whoo, getting goosebumps again, man. I'm telling you, it's, that's just good, good filmmaking. It's, it really, it's really well done. You, you love to see it. You love to see it. So that is Minari, uh, easily the most glowing review we've given in a long time since the 2019 awards cycle. Um, I think it's our, our probably our highest reviewed movie ever. If not, it's really, really close. So right. check out Minari. You can sadly only watch it on video on demand with the um, like Prime Video Cinema or you know those $20 rentals. So it's a $20 rental, but let me tell you, worth every penny, worth every penny. It's a beautiful movie. Um, that's all we've got for now. We've got a lot of exciting things going on that I want to fill you in on. As you've been seeing scrolling across the bottom of the screen, if you're on the stream, I want to tell you guys, we've got a Discord server. And what Discord is, it's an app. If you use Slack at work or Teams or you know Facebook Messenger or WhatsApp, Discord is just like that. Only our Discord server is filled with people who love movies and TV. So come hang with us. You can join it whenever we, you know, we post in there pretty much daily, talking about movies, talking about what's new. Um, as soon as I see a new story, it goes in Discord before I do anything else. So keep you guys up to date on everything that we're tracking. Um, it also, it's a great place to know when we have new episodes that post new YouTube videos, etc. Um, we've got, you know, three or four things coming out every single week. So that is the place to get all your info. Um, also I've mentioned it before. We've got spilled popcorn, which is our episode recap series that we've been doing with TV shows. We've got two episodes left in the Falcon and the winter soldier, Come hang with us on Spilled Popcorn. It's a lot of fun. We get into the nitty-gritty on shows, even more so than we do in our movie reviews here. So you can catch that on YouTube, which is what I would recommend. But you can also listen to it in podcast format if you're on the move. Um, So that's a great way to connect with us as well. But as always, we appreciate you guys being here. We appreciate our lovely, lovely original music, which is by Rhetoric and... We will see you guys next week. We have a really good surprise in store for next week, so I'll just I'll just leave you with that juicy tease and we'll see you next time. Talk to you then.